Hey everyone, we appreciate you listening. We'll get into the show in a bit, but just want to mention, go check out our Twitter page, at Midcourt Madness, for all of our show updates, as well as some breaking news tweets. Also, check out our website, where we post all of our writing at midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Here's the show. On today's Midcourt Madness, we are continuing conference preview season by talking about the Big East. Now, Bigs, I don't think any conference had more big-name coaching changes in the offseason than the Big East. They don't call it the small East, John. It's the it's the big East. Yeah. And they also, I think out of all the coaches who retired outright last year, they had the most famous one, like the best coach retire from last year, right? Undoubtedly, AJ, right? college basketball lost its face, and the face was a, it was a, it was a handsome face. So yeah. you have to find new faces. Not, not a rat face with slick back hair and yelling at the refs. But we will get into this conference, um, talk about all the teams, all the coaches, and uh, we'll do that right after this. All right, Biggs, I think the big news in the offseason um, for this conference was definitely Jay Wright retiring. It did come as a surprise. It happened not too long after the season ended. Um, and they hired Kyle Neptune, who had had assist- had had assistance, had experience as an assistant at Villanova before, and most recently, um, where was he? He had, he had a head coaching job somewhere. He was at Fordham for a year. Fordham, okay. So he comes back back home to Villanova to uh, to succeed the Jay Wright era. How do you think he's going to do there? I mean, I think Villanova's in, it's 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 a program where he's going to have every opportunity to do well. Uh, I think I think the Neptune hire was kind of one of those uh, quote unquote keep it in the family hires because he was, uh-huh. as you mentioned, a Nova assistant for maybe a pretty long time. Took a year at Fordham. Did did pretty well for for Fordham standards. Fordham is usually a, a really pretty downtrodden program, and, and he was solid there. So I, I don't know. Maybe he got a chance to show some coaching chops, and I, that Nova program is a machine. So it it's been it it kind of runs itself a little bit to a degree. I think he's going to have every opportunity to continue keeping the train on the tracks. He doesn't have to come and reinvent the wheel or remake something. Um, it's in a good shape. So. You know, you always wonder, like, how are these? Whenever a coach replaces, you know, a, a legendary coach, you know, how 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 is that going to go? Is it, you know, and generally it seems like those kind of positions go well for for a year or two because because the infrastructure is in place, and then it kind of peters out after a while. So, I, I think if we're just talking about this year, I think he's in a good spot where Nova's, you know, they're probably going to be okay. It'll be interesting to see what they look like in 2027, 2030, you know, down the road. But um, you got to think he's in a good shot because I mean, Villanova has won a lot independent of the coach. It's just a quality program, and you can recruit well to that school. Yeah, and I think uh, even more so than replacing a legendary coach for Villanova, is they're going to have to replace a lot of production um, from what they lost a year ago. They do lose Colin Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels. Two, uh, two long, long-term starters for them. Um, Brian Antoine, I see, finally actually transferred to Radford. Um, he's the one who was a very highly rated recruit, but just kept getting injured all the time. Um, but they have a couple freshmen coming in. Cam Whitmore, Mark Armstrong. Cam Whitmore, I just saw yesterday, has to have surgery on a hand. Yeah, a hand or a wrist. And it didn't really give much of a timetable. Uh, I think all I saw was that they're going to reevaluate in November, so it could mean a lot of things there. And in addition to that, Justin Moore, who averaged like close to 15 points per game last year, he is out. I think it was what Achilles. Um, I think I just searched it up, and uh, he's not expected to return until 2023. So it's definitely going to be some uh, you know tough games to start off the season. But once they get those guys, Cam Whitmore is supposed to just be a stud. Um, Justin Moore, obviously a very good player for them. And, but before, before they get those two back, they're going to be relying on Eric Dixon. Um, the man in the middle there, uh, Brandon Slater, and Caleb Daniels, um, all returned from a year ago. Um, but no, just a lot of injuries to start off the year. Like it sucks when you have an injury 
during the year to like one of your good players. You're like, oh, what's going to happen now? And now they have to start this off in the series, so just bad situation there. Yeah. Do you think Justin Moore is going to come back? I mean, they talk they talk about it like he's going to hopefully come back at some point this year. He tore his Achilles in like the final four, wasn't it? Wasn't it like the beginning of April or like the very end of March? Like, how is that dude? I go in my head. Aren't aren't Achilles injuries? I know we've gotten better with like modern medicine and whatnot, but like an Achilles injury, you don't come back like eight months from. Those are usually like at least a year plus, aren't they? I don't think they're a year. I would guess eight months. I would. Really? It's that quick? I always thought they were longer. Is it torn Achilles? Yeah, he ruptured his Achilles. Which, which word do you think is worse, torn or ruptured? Full recovery from an Achilles injury usually takes six to 12 months. So I think six we're both – we are, we are both right. Yeah, that's always positive. That's always a nice way to look at that. We're both right. Yeah. If he comes back in six months, I would be absolutely amazed. Um, well, that would be like now. So that's not happening. I'm seeing if there's any like updated articles talking about timetable, and I can't really. The earliest I'm seeing is from like July. So I mean, who knows? Uh, obviously, if he's doesn't play at all this year, or if he doesn't get back to like you know February or March, like it's not a good situation for them. I'm just kind of assuming he's not going to. I, I Anytime I think about anything Villanova can do, I've given it no – I factor Justin Moore in zero. I, I think that's probably the way that they should be about it. They shouldn't probably be like, hey, hopefully he can be back by January because, I don't know, that's just – ruptured Achilles is like one of the worst injuries you can get. And I, I No matter what, no matter how much training he gets, it's, it's a college kid coming back from a ruptured Achilles. It's a big deal. Yeah. And – it's going to be and to be honest with you, if he were to come back at what what capacity would he be at? You know, usually those injuries take a little time. There's no way he'd come back into the lineup and start, you know, and, and give you a, a dynamic go to scorer again. You know, I, I think they're going to have to they're going to just going to have to get on without him for the year. And I like their core coming back. I love Caleb Daniels. He's a he's a rock solid kind of perimeter guy. He was their sixth man last year. And, and remember, Villanova basically played six guys so he played you know a ton Brandon Slater had had good moments last year he's an athletic kind of slasher wing who he's doesn't he's not great offensively but um great defender and high energy guy I think if Whitmore can come back and play in November yeah you're right I've all I've heard is that he is supposed to be you know the real deal uh, Mark Armstrong is another top freshman who they both played on the U19 national team he's not rated as highly but um, by all accounts, he's he's pretty legit. I would assume he's maybe in the starting role for them. I just say it kind of looks like he's slated to start for them, and some of that might be because of that Justin Moore injury. Who knows if he would be? Yeah, um, I, I would assume he's so. Definitely slated to he's, start. He played on that U nineteen team though, so I mean, I think he's he's supposed to be a really really solid kind of steadying influence type of point guard who plays beyond his years. So we'll see. And then you know, I remember last year. This time last year, we were talking about the recruiting class that Villanova brought in. I think they had three top 100 guys. None of those guys really played a lot last year, but I don't know. Maybe that's something that's worth monitoring. I think if you're a, if you're a top 100, top recruited, you know, not top 100, we put that arbitrary number on there, but if you're like a highly rated freshman and you don't play a ton, I think we can still look forward to what you can do the next year. You know, four years ago, maybe we, we stopped caring about, um, you know, hey, the guy was a top rated freshman when he came out of high school in 2017. Let's see what he can do now in 2022. But you know, it's only been a year. You know, Jordan Longino and 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 Nana Yoku were were both top like seventy five recruits in twenty one, and they didn't play a ton. But maybe maybe that's something that Neptune, maybe that's a Jay Wright thing versus a Kyle Neptune thing. Maybe Neptune is like, hey, let's uh let's try to stretch out the depth here and play more guys. So I don't know. That's that's something I guess we'll have to find out as we go. Otherwise, this Nova team looks pretty thin. Yeah, and. You know, worst case scenario, if they are good players, um, those two uh, just provide some good depth for them, um, especially with all the injuries they've already gotten here. Now, let's see. I don't, I don't think Villanova is the top team in the conference this year. Um, I kind of think it's Creighton. What do you think about that? 
Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, it's hard not to. I mean, I think Creighton. Um, I I think I have like I have like three or four teams that I would consider probably. I got at least three teams I think I would consider over Villanova. But no, uh, Biggs, part of that is just the rash of injuries. Part of it is having a new coach, and there's probably going to be some growing pains um, you know, for him to get his stamp on the program here. But let's toss it over to Creighton, who uh, I think we're, we were the first to ever call them a one-season-away team, Big. So credit to us for that. And part of that is they had – I got to pull this up because I remember talking about this last year where they had like – they quietly assembled like a good recruiting class a year ago. Um, and the year before that, they had lost a lot, so they had to really rely on these guys. But I don't want to say, yep, four top 100 guys, Arthur, Arthur Kaluva, Trey Alexander, Ryan Nemhard, Mason Miller. And looking at their projected starting lineup here, I see three of those guys in there with Ryan Nemhard, Alexander Kaluva. Um, two of those guys were double-figure scores. Um, Trey Alexander was at seven and a half. And then they add Baylor Shireman, who was you know, one of my guys last year that I like talking about, just a – you know, six 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 seven wing from South Dakota State who uh, has a way of just you know creating his own shot and being able to put points on the board. Um, and then the, they also have the man in the middle there, junior Ryan Kalkbrenner. So just a solid starting five here, Biggs. And you know, I'm just gonna say it. Top ten team this year. Top team in the Big East. Yes. Yeah, I think. I mean. <clears throat> The talent is definitely there, and the projection is is probably what is powering Creighton's, you know, early seat like this preseason kind of buzz for them. I mean, there, there's there's spots where they're like a top five or top ten team. Um, a lot of that, I suppose, is because the 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 sophomores who were freshmen last year are are expected to take the jump, and there are what's four the, of what's them the best that, thing about them though? That's that's apparently one of them at least. It's, it's yeah. you can't argue it. So, yeah. and I think I think there's there's reason to be excited based on how they did last year at the end of the season. They got to the Big East Championship game without Ryan Nemhard. Ryan Nemhard got hurt, you know, late in the late in the conference season, and they were without him. Remember that that was kind of one of those where it was like, man, that really takes the life out of out of this Creighton bunch. You know, what are the, what are they going to be like without their point guard? Um, and Alexander stepped into that role, and he's not really a point guard, but he but he played pretty well. Um, and then Arthur Kaluma. Had kind of a had kind of a massive coming out party against Kansas in their second round matchup. He had like twenty five points. He he looks he looks like the real deal. He looks like a you know like a legitimate you know lottery pick level prospect. You know, he's six 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 seven and big and athletic and, and if he can actually shoot the ball with some proficiency, you know that becomes a big weapon for them. Um, I think I think Shireman is a is a nice get for them. I mean, he was he was a guy who was like probably rated like a five star transfer, right? He was probably one of yep. the five to ten best transfers that hit the portal. I don't know what his impact on their team is going to be. I think he's going to be more of a role player than than and Alpha. Fine. And like, well, I'm looking at stats here: sixteen point two points per game, four and a half assists, but then fifty percent from the field and forty seven percent from the three point line. Like that's efficient numbers to where, like, with all the other talent they have around him, he could average 12 points per game but do it with very few shots that's my assumption that was that's that's what i imagine he'll be i imagine he'll be like a like a 12 to 14 a game shooting 40 plus percent from the three-point line and we'll see um i i think he's more of a third to fourth option for this group which is which is a good thing i mean he's a really good mm-hmm. a great fit um and then mason miller like you you mentioned him he was one of the top rated players in the 2021 class he redshirted last year it's another guy that give that that should give them some shooting. That's that's the one area that I'm that I'm worried about this Creighton team. And you know they lose they lose Alex O'Connell and um, who's the other big guy that they had last year who was an who was an awesome shooter uh, Hawkins Ryan Hawkins yeah Ryan Hawkins those two guys were really really good shooters for them. You know both like in the high thirty to forty percent range from the three point line. Nemhard and Alexander aren't great shooters. Kaluma was streaky shooter at best. Um, Shireman's a good shooter, but I think if this team is going to be, again, we're, we're, we're grading them on like a top 10 curve here, best team in the Big East curve, which I think their, their expectations are, is the shooting going to be a, a, a something that can get them got? Yeah. No, very good team here. I, 
I know I have very high expectations for them this year. Now, you had mentioned right before I got into them that you've got probably three teams that you would put above Villanova. Who's uh, who's one of the other ones? Uh, the other ones are probably UConn and Seton Hall. Connect I cut? Hmm? Connect I cut? Connect a cut, yeah. Yes, okay. The University what do you like about Connect them? a cut. What do you like about them except besides that they have the most massive human in college basketball? I like that, though. It's really hard to get over that they have the most massive human called basketball. Not Adama Sanogo. Yeah, he's huge. Don't 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 get in a fight with him. He's a beast. Yeah. Yeah, let's see. Four, he, he's your 14-8 and eight guy here, Biggs, from a year ago. Like, when, with my what? When we talk 14-8. When we talk 14-8, that's him. Yeah, he's great. I mean, he was he's probably going to be a player of the year candidate in the conference. One of the most improved players last year. You know, he was a nice player as a freshman for them, coming off the bench in just kind of a smaller role. And then he was the guy who developed. I mean, he turned into a a really, really good kind of go-to scoring big man who, who plays good defense and, and does all that stuff. I mean, we're talking about college basketball, all the big guys coming back to college basketball. Um, I think Adama Sanogo is right up there with, with some of those. He's probably like a second-tier nationally rated big man this year. You know, with you got Shiway and Timmy at the top. You know, Sonogo is probably right up there with and he's maybe a, a step below like I would say he's right up there with like Zach Eady and some of those other high level bigs who are coming back who we don't quite pay as much attention to, but I, I think he's he's really good and he's one of the best players in the big east. Yeah. And they also get a transfer point guard from East Carolina and Tristan Newton coming over. And you know, we talked about, you know, top 100 recruits who didn't quite play so much at Villanova from a year ago. Well, they have a two of those guys here, Samson Johnson, power forward, and Razul Diggins, who are both uh, top 100 guys from a year ago. Didn't get as much play last year as they probably would have liked, but um, fig- figured to uh, have big roles on this team this year. You're thinking you're thinking Corey Floyd. Razul Diggins transferred to – he oh, transferred shit. to UMass, but Corey Floyd was another one who was a top 100 guy who mm-hmm. – who could see some more time than he did last year? Oh no! Who did I say? Uh, Diggins. I okay. I meant I said Samson Johnson, Jordan Hawkins. That's what I meant. Oh yeah, well Jordan Hawkins. I mean he, he played he a play decent amount. He was yeah. He was kind of a bench guy. I would not be surprised if he. I mean he that kid had some moments last year where like he really showed the scoring chops. I think I think Hawkins actually has a chance to like. I wouldn't be surprised if he like leads them in scoring. He's a guy that I, I mean he I, I I could see fifteen points a game out of him. He's a really, really good shooter, athletic kid. Had had moments last year where he looks like a freshman, you know, with the shot selection and, and decision making. But uh, there's definitely talent there, and uh, yeah, I, I love him. Um, Andre Jackson's back too. Andre Jackson is a really good kind of just do it all, jack of all trades type of perfect glue piece. Uh, he, he's not going to score a ton, but I think he might have led them in assists. He's like a four assist a game guy, but he's like six six, good athletic defensive kind of two, three, four type. Uh, I, I could see UConn playing kind of small and playing him at like that four spot, you know, cause he's only about six, six and he's not, he's not like big and thick, but I could see them kind of playing a perimeter kind of four out around Sonogo. Um, and then the last, the last guy that I could see getting a lot of minutes is that Naheem Aline, who was uh, at Virginia tech last year, really, really good three point shooter. So I love the, uh, I love the potential starting five with, with, Newton and Hawkins in the backcourt, Aline and Jackson kind of on the wings, and then Sonogo up front. That's a really good starting five to me. Um, and then, it, and then it depends. You got to see something out of those bench guys. Yep. And then let's see. You said Seton Hall is your other team here, Biggs. Yeah, I I don't know. This is maybe becoming like one of my. I'm wondering I, if this is like a like a like a blind spot for me. And just every year, I'm excited about Seton Hall. And I think never... you just like saying the Hall. I think that's, that's probably is. part of it. You're probably right. Yeah. It's kind of like how cowboy, fa- like how NFL football fans like uh, like Dak Prescott. Like if we just call him by his actual name, which is Dakota, do you think anybody would be as high on him? Probably not. No, people like saying Dak because it sounds they also just like saying we the boys, and they like to um, ignore all statistics when they say that they're a good football team. So. It's it's so true. Yeah, I mean, he's not better than Cooper Rush, obviously, but because his name is Dak. Way more fun to say than Cooper. Yeah, stupid name there. So, 
Dakota Prescott. We need to start calling him by his actual name. This man, has been, this man has been lying to us. Would he become North Dakota Tough then, though? No, no, a name doesn't give you that. It's just a name. Okay, okay, perfect. Besides honor, of course. What's in a name? John Proctor, he says. It's it's my name. I cannot have another one. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Uh, the Crucible, every 17-year-old's favorite read, so... Anyways, uh, they lose Jared Roden, Bryce Aiken, Miles Kale. Why are you so high on these guys? Because they bring back the rest of the group. You you name oh. the top three guys, but they lose. But they bring back Kadari Richmond, Alexis Yetna, Trey Jackson, Tyrese Samuel, Jameer Harris. All those guys average between seven and ten points a game. Kadari Richmond was the one who um, I, I really like. I, I, he had a he had a slow start last year to the season. He was a transfer from Syracuse the prior year, and by about mid season, it felt like he was their best player. Um, He's a he's a big like point guard. He's like six five or six six, long athletic point guard who can who can really make plays. Not a great shooter, but uh, just kind of stuffs the stat sheet. So I, I like I like him maybe taking another step. Yetna is a is a rock solid kind of two way big, and then they bring in a, a pretty solid recruiting class. I mean they're they're going to be deep. That was the thing about uh, the hall last year is I felt like they were never fully healthy. Didn't they have guys? In and out of the lineup with injuries, Bryce Aiken missed the second half of the year with like a concussion. Um, they were just kind of never what they should have been, and, and that was it. Felt like a bummer. But they bring in, you know, they bring in uh, Femio Ducale from Pittsburgh, who averaged like fifteen a game for for a pretty downtrodden, gross Pittsburgh team. So like maybe maybe that fifteen is empty. I'm not really sure, but I'm intrigued. They bring in Casey and Defo from St. Peter's, who was the defensive player of the year in the MAC. He was one of the guys who really powered that that St. Peter run for Shaheen Holloway, who we haven't mentioned is the head coach at Seton Hall now. Oh, weird! Crazy how it happens. Huh? Crazy how that happens. Yeah. Sounds like a. Uh, uh, I can't think. Arizona, Tommy, Tommy, what's Arizona coach? Tommy Lloyd. Tommy Lloyd. God damn. It. Um, no, bring it over, Umer Balo. So, no, yeah, I was going to bring up Casey Nadefo, definitely one of the uh, stars of that St. Peter team a year ago. Maybe he brings over some magic with him. Well, I think it was smart. Like, that would have been that would have been my biggest fear when Holloway took the job was he's going to take all these St. Peter's guys and just take them with him. Um, they're not good enough to go with him to Seton Hall, but I think Casey Nadefo is. Nadefo is a – he's 6'7", he's big, and he's strong, really, really good defender, really good rebounder. I mean that really powered that 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 St. Peter's team was not piling up eighty points a game in the tournament. They were playing terrific defense, and Indefo was the guy taking on taking on big challenges. So I think he's going to be a good role player for them. Um, and then they add a couple of rotation guards and from ACC play and uh, Alamir Dazuk. So I'm going to ugh, wow, I can't talk either. Coming over from Clemson, uh, and Dre Davis coming over from Louisville. So I, I think those two guys maybe help your depth. I just think there's a lot of pieces here, and I love the depth. If if the if the team stays healthy, if it stayed healthy last year, it would have been a tournament team. I think, um, I, I think it's the same this year. Okay. Now let's go to another team who could uh, make a little noise here, but and they're actually the uh, the regular season conference champions from a year ago. But unfortunately, Biggs, it doesn't count because it was all luck. That's the Providence Friars. Now they returned Jared Bynum, who who is a uh, kind of all conference cal- caliber player there at point guard position. They get Noah Locke coming in, who he had spent last year at Louisville. He had been at uh, Florida the year before, and for some reason, I, I I thought he had this reputation for being the shooter, uh, a good shooter. But I see he averaged like only thirty five percent from the field and from the three point line. So it must have been a down year for him. They get Devin Carter coming over from South Carolina, average close to double figures, and um, they get another uh, double digit point per game co- points per game score in Clifton Moore coming over from LaSalle. Um, but no, this team does lose a lot. Al Durham, Nate Watson, Noah Horkler, and AJ Reeves all average um, almost ten points per game and up. And so it's definitely going to be uh, actually you know people are not talking about how unlucky they are right now with all the guys they lost. So why do you like Providence? I don't. I don't. They lose too much. They got some guys coming in, but like, like they're gonna have to have a lot of guys step up here. Uh, Bryce Hopkins, another guy I missed here, uh, transferring over from Kentucky. 
but didn't get much run there. Um, no, I'd say this is more of a middle of the pack team. Like there, you know, we talk about it all the time. Like there's these um, conferences that we figured to have like four or five teams in the tournament, but then like six through ten or six through nine are like teams that could push for that. Um, I'd say they're in that six to ten or six to nine range. Yeah, I would see that. I mean, <clears throat> I would I would say this though: the guys that they lost last year, uh, Al Durham. Was he any? Was he someone that we cared at all about at this time last year? I'm trying to think, he was a big guy, wasn't he? The massive. No, he's, dude? A, he's a guard. The big guy was Nate Watson. Nate, well, actually, I'm thinking, yeah, uh, probably not. I think was a big deal. Yeah, but, no, but probably nobody, not. But nobody cared about Durham. Nobody cared about that Horkler. Um, AJ Reeves was a guy that was like, I don't know, is he ever going to actually do anything, or is he just going to be a guy that looks good? taking a shot, but never actually, never is really all that good. He looks better than he actually is. And and then they, and then they pieced the whole thing together and they had an, an amazing season. So I, I don't know. I, I wonder if there's probably, I think Ed Cooley has like an, an impact on the team that, you know, they just, they never, they never have a great looking on paper team. You know, they, they always just kind of, the, the sum is always greater than the whole of the part. No. How's that phrase go? The whole is the no. whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay, they play better than what they should, and and I and I wouldn't be surprised if this team does a lot of that same stuff. You know, Bynum, you you mentioned it was was solid last year as a. I feel like he might have been like their sixth man, and like he was a just an instant offense type of guy off the bench, maybe giving them some punch. He'll have to do that in a little bigger capacity now, because I bet you he will be kind of the, you know, be looked upon as kind of a, a lead guard. Um, Ed Croswell was a really, really good defensive big guy. Doesn't really put up big stats, but he's going to be a uh, a really valuable kind of anchor of their defense. You know, and Alan Breed was a was a, a twelve to fifteen minute a game freshman. Maybe he takes another jump. I think uh, I, I don't know Noah Locke. I, I had completely forgotten that he went to Louisville. In my notes, I put Florida. <laughs> this is transfer. I completely <laughs> forgot about the Louisville season. No, a lot. Well, because I remember I was, I, I was excited. Player four straight years. I was excited for Noah Locke because who was the guard they had two years ago that did go to the draft or did leave? I was excited for him to be paired up with them, but then that guy left. Yeah, the point guard. Yeah, yeah, what was his name? I can't remember what his name was, but he was awesome for Louisville. That point, the little point guard was great. You're right. I don't remember who that was. I, I'm, I'm going to find it out. Okay. Um, I'll buy the hype on Bryce Hopkins. Oh, he was a top okay. 50 recruit. Carlick Jones. Carlick Jones. Carlick Jones. Yeah, Carlick Jones. Like 5'10", and he was like a triple-double guy, though. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, that would have been fun. But this is not the Louisville uh, review of last year. This is the Big East preview. If you want to do a quick Louisville review because they used to be in the Big East, we can. They okay. sucked. Yeah, they did. They weren't very good. And, and I think they'll suck this year, too, if you want to do a Louisville yeah, preview. They, have, have they lost their title from for the third team? I don't know. They had to take down the banner. But we'll always remember it happened. No, you, no, they they took it down. It's like it's like one of those uh, like the Men in Black thing where they come and they flash you with that <laughs> with that thing and zap yep. your memory. Have you seen that? Yes. yes. You have seen that movie, okay? Yes, I, I've seen that one. Yes. Good flick. <laughs> Good flick. But no, it's like the NCAA thinks like putting a little whiteout on that page and like the almanac like just gets it's rid like, of it. Oh. No one remember <laughs> what happened. Yeah, exactly. Kentucky won it the year before, and then UConn won it the next year. Yep. Who won it in 13? It must, have been, another, it must have been another pandemic that ended the season or something. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's exactly it. Like, let's just pretend it, there, or there wasn't a tournament played. Because yeah. <laughs> was that the year that, of the broken leg? I think it was yeah, that year. the dude. Yeah. Yeah. Shattered yeah. his leg. Yeah, the dude's leg snapped. That didn't happen, really, though. Like, that didn't happen, though, Fix. Huh? Yeah. That didn't happen, though, because there wasn't a tournament. No, yeah, good for yeah. that guy. Wonder how he's yeah. doing. He probably doesn't even exist. <laughs> he, he's the guy off of Napoleon Dynamite where he's like, if I didn't break my ankle in high school, I would have been playing in the NFL. <laughs> now, now that like had that tournament been canceled, maybe he's like a NBA superstar now. Maybe. Yeah. How? Who's to say? Who knows? Anyways, we're going way off tracks here. I'm I'm buying the hype on Bryce Hopkins. He was like a top fifty recruit at Kentucky, just didn't get a lot of burn because 
you know, tough to get minutes at Kentucky. They got a pretty good team usually. So um, I think I think a, a change of scenery could do him some good. He was he was dubbed as a, a really highly talented, highly skilled offensive guy coming out of high school. So I don't know. Maybe he takes the step, does some good things for them. You're probably right. They're probably more in that like six to nine range in the Big East right now, just because there are there are some teams that are better. But I guess if if last year taught us anything, it's that you can never be surprised when Providence does better than you think they were going to do. Yep. All right. I think now we're kind of getting into that um, area where I talked about where it's teams that could make the dance, teams that couldn't. So. Some others in there would be Marquette, St. John, Xavier, Butler. Um, who do you like to talk about out of those groups? Who's your favorite one? Without looking at the team, and when I say that, that means that I'm currently scrolling to that team. Um, St. John's just jumps out at me. I know they have Posh Alexander returning. They get Andre Cabello transferring over from uh, Illinois, who figured to be kind of like a national not player of the year type player from a year ago, but like people had high expectations for him last year, but he definitely did not deliver. I see he averaged 18% from three point range um, from your shooting guard. That's not very good there, but um, see if it, we'll see if a change of scenery helps him out there a little bit. Uh, they do return Montez Mathis. They do return Joel Soriano, who both got a lot of run last year. David Jones is a transfer coming over from uh, DePaul here, who was, I believe their best player last year averaged 14 and a half points per game, um, all the state boards. Um, and then another guy coming off the bench, you know, sort of a six man this year for them is Dylan Adaibusu. Did yep. I do that right? Well, damn, I'm good at this. Um, but no, I, it's kind of a solid team, kind of a solid six person rotation there. And if they can get a, you know, a little more depth, um, you know, I could see this team pushing for a tournament tournament berth here. Yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know if tournament like is probably in the cards for the St. John's team, but I do think they're gonna be like really fun to watch. I love Posh Alexander. He's one of my favorite point guards around the country. And if Carbello can do like the remember, he's he's like the post hype sleeper. He's the guy who, you know, he got too hyped, then he had the down year. Maybe we were a year too early on the on the breakout. Everybody predicted the breakout would be last year. Now he gets to come in. He doesn't have to be like the man on this St. John's team. He can just kind of be the next guy. And maybe maybe he can give them, you know, a, a, a little, you know, they've got like a, a two-point guard kind of mix there with him and with him and Posh. My worry is that neither of them can shoot. So, you know, that could get that could get kind of ugly. When your two point guards, the two guys handling the ball the most can't shoot, it's not great. But I think they will be they will be tough defensively. So I like those two, and I agree. Ade Wusu was um, was a nice was a nice kind of just jack of all trades dude for them last year. He averaged like nine points, like four rebounds, and four assists. And he he does shoot. He knocks down like forty percent of his threes. So I think you've got a decent little little perimeter trio there who can who can handle some things. Um, you know, up front they're they're light, right? David Jones had a nice year for DePaul. He's he's an okay player. He's more of a slashing kind of three four type. You know, Joel Soriano coming over from Fordham the year before, he's, he's just kind of okay. You know, seven points and like five rebounds, nothing special. So, Ken, you know, you're right. Their, their top six is okay. I don't know if it's got enough kind of juice to contend with some of these other teams, but you know, it's intriguing. And I do think that backcourt's going to make a lot of nights, um, you know, make them fun to watch. Okay. All right, should we move on to the next one here? Yeah. All right, do we let's go to, let's go to Xavier here. Okay. Xavier gets uh, Sean Miller, um, another coaching hire in this conference. We already talked about Neptune, um, but no, Xavier returns Adam Kunkel, uh, Colby Jones, Zach Fremantle. I like Zach Fremantle. Who is? I don't say Zach Fremantle was the Iowa one, but then I go one line down. I see Jack Nunji. He was an Iowa transfer from a couple years ago. Who you uh, you are very high on. Um, and like he, he's a very good player. I averaged 14 points per game last year. So I do return three, four guys, four guys who averaged in double figures for me. No, three guys who averaged in double figures a year ago. Also have a transfer from UTEP coming over who averaged close to 20 points per game um, a year ago. And 
Sule Boom. Sule Boom. Sule Boom. Jesus. You know, I got one name today, so I'm good. I'm good for the day. You've hit your quota. Yes. But no, this was this was a tournament. Were they tournament? No, NIT champions. Basically. I feel like there's actually a. I think I talked about last this last year. There's kind of like a a year before thing with uh, NIT champions, where if they win that, or if they're even runners up, they're going to end up being a good team the following year, and they're going to build on that. So look for them to be a Final Four team. You could be completely making that up, but but I believe you. You said that with enough kind of confidence, and I'm like, yeah, he's probably he's right. Yeah, NIT champion right. does do well the next year. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm with you. I'm all in. Um, I would be a lot more high on this team if I knew Zach Fremantle was going to play. You know, he's uh, he was suspended indefinitely by the team. And it depends. If uh, if Sean Miller is more like the Duke head coach and indefinitely means he's back already, then I feel like... Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. I, zoom, I Google his name. Xavier, this is from Cincinnati's website, and I know they're heated rivals. Um, Xavier Zach Fremantle cleared from suspension, rejoins team activities. That's four days ago. Oh, that's fantastic. And, okay. and the first line, Xavier forward Zach Fremantle, who was suspended indefinitely from all team activities last week, rejoined the team at practice Tuesday. So I think uh, uh, Sean Miller might be more like John Shire's predecessor than you previously thought. Yep. Yep, Sean at, Miller at, is just at, like Mr. K. At least, uh, at least Grace Allen actually missed one game. <laughs> he missed. He missed a couple of weightlifting sessions, yeah. so he doesn't. He doesn't look as swole. Oh man, they didn't let him. They didn't let him do leg day. Yeah. So actually, oh, they probably oh, did him boy. a favor. Yeah, he's happy about that situation. He just got to sit at home and not practice for a few days. <laughs> well, if that's the case, then. Uh, I'm higher on Xavier because I really do like Zach Fremantle. Um, we're a, we're an anti getting suspended podcast. We're not we're not big on that. Don't don't do things that get yourself suspended. But behave, behave, be nice. Behave. To yep, Simple. that's right. Just yeah. behave. You know why can't we just get along? Do the things you're supposed to. Act like an adult. Uh, so shame on you, Zach Fremantle. But maybe you did the things in the week to prove that you were sorry. So great job. Sometimes admitting that you were wrong um, is just as important as. Being right. Yeah, just like anyone who transfers from uh, Duke. Yep. And so I do like um, – I love that frontcourt pairing. I mean, Fremantle and Nunji. Nunji was, was better than I thought he would be last year. He was he was really good. I thought he was going to be solid, but, like, he was – he was, like, one of Xavier's best players last year. So, you know, that frontcourt duo of him and, him and Fremantle is going to be – that's going to be tough. There's just not a lot of teams that have – that kind of talent. I mean, those two guys are are kind of both maybe player of the year candidates. They're kind of in that mix, I feel like. And you know, they can both shoot it. They can both rebound. They can both go inside. Um, I think they're both they're gonna they're gonna be like a thirty point, fifteen rebound a game duo probably. So I'm high on that. I don't love their guards. I don't know much about Suli Boom other than he's got a cool name. You know, if his name was like Greg Boom. Anyway, the last name of Boom is actually pretty sick. So Greg Greg Johnson. Yeah, if his name was Greg Johnson, are we even talking about him right now? Probably not. No. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And then you know, Colby Jones has been has been he's had moments where he's been pretty solid. So I don't know. I know you were like super high on Xavier last year, and they were just kind of disappointing. And I guess it kind what, of depends. What are you talking about? They're of, champs. They're cha- they're national champs. Yeah, and, and a lot of their guys are back. It's just. It, it, are you buying Sean Miller as the coach? Yes. Okay. There you go. I mean, yeah. Sean Miller is a as long as long as he doesn't get recorded on a wire, he's gonna be he's gonna be solid. Yeah, he's a cheating dirtbag, but like I I always did like him as a coach. I think he is a good coach. I think they'll get something out of that group. So he gets very sweaty on the sidelines too. That makes me. Laugh. I love that. Yeah, he's got to bring an extra pair. He's got to bring like an extra shirt when he goes to coach. <laughs> Which I'm all for. You know what? We are team sweatiness. Or just wear something other than white shirts. Wear like, I don't know, a black shirt. Gray. Yeah. So. Not gray. Gray will look no, worse. No, gray, gray would look bad, actually. Yeah. <laughs> what shirt does look good with trench and sweat? <sighs> what not it? Are brown dress shirts a thing? Probably not. I feel like brown, maybe. Brown? Yeah. Would, would it be noticeable in brown? 
I feel like it'd be really noticeable with brown. You think so? Let's just say I'm all thinking, shirts. I'm would thinking be... black might be the best one, or blue, but I'm not really sure. Carolina blue. No, you, all right. Well, that was fashion good. advice with Bigs and yeah. Smalls. Okay. Now let's see. We have a couple more teams uh, from this grouping: Marquette. Who's the other one? And Butler, maybe. Um, Marquette. You know, they got uh, Shock Smart a year ago. I would say they uh, they definitely exceeded my expectations. I can remember sitting here. A year ago, basically saying like there wasn't much on their roster, and it's probably like a two, three, four year rebuild. But they actually ended up with a what I would call a respectable record. And a zero um, year rebuild. Nineteen and thirteen and eleven and eight in the Big East. Uh, so definitely uh like they definitely had a better season than I thought they would. They had Justin Lewis, Daryl Marcel, um, did make the tournament, lost, actually got pounded. In the first round of the tournament by uh, my Tar Heels there. Yep. Uh, Justin Lewis, it seemed like, wanted to fight everyone on North Carolina, for what I can remember. Well, when you lose by 30, that probably makes sense. What's that? When you're losing by 30, it makes sense to probably want to fight people. Yeah, exactly. You got to get something out of it. Uh, but he's gone. Daryl Marcel's gone. They do return Tyler Kolick, Cam Jones, Olivier Maxets Prosper. I'm just gonna, I think it's supposed to be shortened to Olivier Max, so I'm just going to mm-hmm. say that. Um, they do get a transfer coming from Loyola, New Orleans. My God, how many Loyolas are there? There's going to be a ton of them. Uh, Zach Wright- Wrightsell? I wonder if they have a sister Jean over there. They probably have like a brother a brother Jean. Jean is kind of one of those names that can be a, you know, both. Yeah, but if it's male, you have to spell it differently with the G. Do you? So. I think so. I think I've never seen a male G J E A N. I've never seen. Well, it'd be Jean. You're gonna be French. <laughs> maybe, maybe they do have a brother, Jean Claude, bro, brother Jean. <laughs> you good? Yeah. <laughs> but no, what do you think about this team here, Biggs? Do you think Shaka Smart can, uh, you know, get past all that they lost and continue on with this rebuild? Well, considering we didn't think they were going to be any good last year, um, no, I don't think so. I think they're going to be no good this year again. I think they're going to be – Again? Uh, they were good last year, though. Yeah, you're right. But I think they will once again be bad. Actually, when was the last time Marquette was truly terrible? They're always kind of just okay, aren't they? Mid- middle of the pack, biggies, yeah. Always. Yeah, like even when they had whoever their coach was before Shaka, they were like just kind of all right. I feel like they're just always all right. I'm guessing they'll be all right. I do and like Tyler. And that's Cole. all right. Yeah, I, I like all right, all right, all right. You know, like I like Tyler Kolek. He's a he's a solid point guard. I think he'll be better this year in his second year transferring over from George. He come from George Washington, George Mason. Forget what George he came from, but uh, George Costanza. Okay, I think he'll be better, at least more efficient. I think Cam Jones will take another jump. He was okay as a freshman. Um. Also, Igdoro is going to have to probably take a bigger role defensively. I'm worried that, like, I know they lose Justin Lewis, who is their top scorer, but, like, I'm more worried about losing Daryl Marcel and Carquath. The two, uh, you know, Marcel is a, is a dynamic, rock-solid defensive perimeter guy, and, and then Carquath was, like, an eraser on their back line as their kind of anchor of the, at, at center. You know, Marquette was not an offensively gifted team last year. They were a win-gross kind of team and you take away your two best defenders and I don't know they don't have great offensive talent to lean on so I I just I I don't see that going super well so and we'll see Shaka's always been a great defensive coach they get good defensive you know metrics out of other teams so I guess maybe maybe it's just kind of like in the water there that they'll they'll be good defensively Uh, but that's the bigger loss for me is Marcel and Quath losing those two guys defensively I think is going to hurt them I don't know if they have an offensive, like a, a group that's capable of winning another way. So I see them as, yeah, probably in that 7-8-9 range. All right. Now let's toss it over, Biggs, to the Butler Bulldogs, who have the third coaching hire that I spoke to earlier. That is Thad Mata, um, most famously at Ohio State uh, back in the day. But, uh, you know, and Xavier back in the day. Was he at Xavier? 
Yeah, he was at Xavier was he before at- he went to before he went to Ohio State. Okay. Um, but no, they have some guys leaving: Bo Hodges, Bryce Gold, and Bryce Nas. Um, do have a couple transfers coming in: Eric Hunter coming over from Purdue, Manny Bates coming from NC State, who he's just a solid, I'd say, man in the middle would block some shots. Um, so I, I I'd say that's a good gift for them right there. Um. Just plug it right in the middle and clog up the lane there. They do return Chuck Harris, who was a double-digit scorer from a year ago at the guard position. Um, also, another transfer coming from Akron. Uh, so, you know, he's got ties to LeBron James, so that's good. And that is Ali Ali. So, much like LeBron, you only need to be known by one name. So, that's pretty cool as well. Yep. Uh, a uh, couple, and then a couple uh, guys coming off the bench here: Jane Taylor, Miles Tate, who both return. Um, but no, what do you see for this team? I see that. I, th- I see just what you mentioned there. I think the pieces are are interesting. I think the ceiling's pretty low, but I think the floor could be moderately high. I mean, Eric Hunter Eric is the Hunter, floor higher than the ceiling. Maybe, yeah, it might be like an inverse thing there, where the ceiling is actually the basement. Okay, perfect. Like, that feels like an Inception kind of thing. <laughs> Great movie. Really good movie. Wow. Yeah, I, sh- um, I should watch that again if I have four hours available today. Well, it's only like a two and a half hour flick. So, I mean. I was being sarcastic, but yeah. They're not that long. And you definitely will have four hours. What are you doing today? Uh, The gym. That takes up like five hours. Skip that today. No. You're probably, you're you're so jacked. You're such a hoss. I know. Yeah, you're about right. Two two hours twenty eight minutes. Yeah. Boom! Right there, you go to the gym for an hour and a half, and then you watch that movie. There's your four hours. Boom. There we go. I okay. just planned Saturday. <laughs> My fiance thanks you. Um, I think Eric Hunter is confusing. He was really good like two years ago. Wasn't very good last year. So, like, I don't know. Is he – what Eric Hunter are we getting? Can the real Eric Hunter reveal himself? If if he's solid, then I think that him and Chuck Harris in the backcourt's not bad. Jaden Taylor is a, is a decent perimeter role player for them. Simus Lakosius uh, is another returner who is a pretty good yeah. shooter, guy who could do a little bit of everything as a freshman last year. So, maybe that guy takes another jump. And then uh, and then Ali Ali from Akron, you're right. He was a, is a nice kind of solid utility – kind of wing i don't know coming up from the mac is uh you never know what to expect so we'll see what kind of jump he can make you know can he be a useful role piece for them too though i don't i i like the pieces i like thad mata as a coach i mean i think that's the thing is i I think we we needed to probably dedicate like 15 minutes just to talking about the new coaches because they added some really really good coaches to this league i mean is thad mata i mean he's maybe one of the best coaches in the league already i mean he's he's very good and very accomplished so I don't know. I'm intrigued, but I think there's other teams that just have more juice. All right, Biggs, let's toss it over. We have two more teams here that I don't think we need to touch on too much. We have DePaul and Georgetown. You want to talk about them? Um, I have notes here on Georgetown. They used to be really good. Okay. Um, I saw there were 0-19 in conference play a year ago. Fun fact, uh, the last time they won a conference game was when their head coach was playing there. So that's cool. <laughs> Yep, they are. Uh, they're also called the Hoyas. I'd say yeah. that ranks in probably the top half of Big East mascot names. Yep. So, before before we started recording, Bigs, I tried to convince myself on DePaul just because I looked because I remember a year ago I was like, yeah, this team's gonna be awful. First year head coach, they have no one, and I see they have a fifteen and sixteen record. But okay, they they did a little better than I expected. But then I looked at their schedule because they're also six and fourteen in conference. Yeah, I saw. Their non-conference play, they started off like nine and one or ten and one, something like that, just playing god awful teams. And it yep. reminded me, it basically reminded me of Minnesota a year ago. They did the same thing. I was like, okay, maybe they're not that good. I think DePaul does that every single year. I mean, I think yeah. it's been like five years in a row that DePaul starts off. They're like they're twelve and one in the non-conference, and then league play starts. They just yep. get absolutely smacked all over the place by yep. by everybody. So. Don't buy into the DePaul hype if they start out 8, 9, 10, and 1, 8, 9, 10, and 0, something like that. They start well. Don't believe it. Yep. Believe it when they pick up their first Big East win. Okay. And then be suspicious. <laughs> I will say, actually, 
I do think it's mentioning Georgetown does bring back your guy Caduce Wahab, boomerang transfer. I know you like those. Cause he went, yeah, he went to Maryland. Was it Maryland? Yeah, yeah. and that he was terrible, god awful. Yeah. But he was good at Georgetown, so maybe he just needs that Patrick Ewing coaching. Yeah. Um, and then Brandon Murray and Jay Heath are a couple of guards transferring over. Brandon Murray came from LSU. He had a he had a nice freshman year for them. I'm surprised he wanted to go to Georgetown of all places. Um, and then Jay Heath was a guy who. Who I really liked when he was at Boston College looked like a guy who could really go get your points. He went to Arizona State. I don't know how he did it even at Arizona State. I, I don't even care to look. But um, you know those two guys on the perimeter, along with Dante Harris, who was a, a eleven points, four assist guy for them last year. I don't know. It it looks functional. You might not. Uh, maybe they won't be the worst team in the Big East by like a country mile. Maybe they'll only be the worst team in the Big East by a couple games or something. All right, Biggs, let's get into our predictions here. Um, I, I was saying we should do this slightly differently because, like, last week when we did this um, for the Pac-12, we had, like, three or four of the same guys. Let's do a draft style. Okay. And we go back and forth. So then we're, it's like, like we're having two teams instead of just yeah, one. Yeah, I love that. And, so and since the Big East always does six guys on their team because they're cowards, we can actually do 12 right. rounds. Yeah, we're not going to do like them because, no, we're not cowards like they are. All right. So let's start it off here. I'll let you go first. So your first guy should be your player of the year, and then you build from there. Okay. I will take, with my first pick, I will take Ryan Cockbrenner from Creighton. That's how I was going to go with, because I thought you were going to go with someone else. Okay. Go on. Is that all I have? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think he's going to be awesome. He was great last year. The only thing I'm worried about with him is injuries. He always seems to get hurt. He got hurt last year. Okay. And you, I'm going to go with the guy who I thought you were going to pick and that I was going to pick, Ryan Cockbrenner. I'm going to go with uh, the massive man in the middle, Adama Sanogo. I think he's going to have a great – I think he's going to be like a 18 and 11 guy. Whoa, monster. He's going to have a monster season for them. All right. Okay. Okay. I see you. 18 points, 11 assists. There you go. Nice and blocks. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and fouls. Are we? Uh, let's see. Are we going snake here? Yeah, yeah. We can do snake. Okay. Uh, my second pick here. So I've got a UConn guy in there. It's gonna be tough to not go two guys from the same team when we're both going at it here. Yeah. Um. You know, Villanova does need someone to step up. Cam Whitmore's out. Are oh, we talking about Justin Moore? Caleb Daniels, I think, is going to be the guy who's going to have his stats maybe a little artificially inflated because he has to you know, shoot him more. Uh, but I'm going to go with Caleb Daniels here. He could be 15 to 16 points in the game this year. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. Plus, you know he is a really good – like he's a really good defender. He's he's just kind of – he's a smart – he's a fifth-year fifth, – fifth, he might be a sixth-year guy now at this point. So okay. he's a veteran. He's old. He, he, he was actually at Villanova before Jay Wright. Yeah, and he outlasted him. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. I really hope college basketball coaches start dressing up on the sidelines again. You think Kyle Neptune brings it back? I think he should. I think it would be smart. I think if you want to curry favor with the Villanova faithful, you you do a callback to Jay Wright and wear incredible suits. Yeah. And a touching oh, tribute to Jay Wright. Kyle Neptune's wearing a suit today. You should do it every night, though. It should always be a tribute to Jay Wright. That man was amazing. Yeah. Good guy. Uh, not a sleazeball, to my knowledge. So, yeah. Nope. All right. My next pick. I will take Seton Hall point guard Kadari Richmond. I think he's going to break out. Yeah, I thought this last year, and so I'm going back to the well. I think he's going to do well this year. Um, I think he will be the go-to guy for that Seton Hall team. I think Seton Hall, Shaheen Holloway has shown he empowers his his lead ball handlers at at St. Peter. So I think Richmond is that guy. I think Richmond's going to be like a 13 points. I I foresee 13 and a half points, four and a half rebounds, four assists, uh, along with all Big E's level defense on the perimeter. Okay. And who's your other one? And with my next pick, I will take... I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna take Cam Whitmore. I do think like I don't know when he's coming back, but I bet you by the time conference play starts, he's back to like himself. 
and there's a chance he's the best player in the league. I like this as a third round pick. I think it's a it's a potential steal. A steal, like people are gonna look back on this conversation in March, and be like, God, how did how did John let Cam Whitmore get to the third round? How did how did Biggs even take two guys before he took Cam Whitmore? It's like the Patriots were actually idiots for not taking Tom Brady sooner. <laughs> oh shoot. Um, let's see here. I got, let's see, I got two guys. I got to get two guys here. So I put, I'm like writing them down for both of us. And I put Whitmore in my column. He's not on my team. No, he's, he's mine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see here. I got a center. I got a guard. Cause I, are, are you trying to get like, go by, by positions too? Sure. Why not? Okay. That, that's a no. Um, do a point. I mean, sure. Why not? I mean, sure. Do a point. I probably won't take another like center, but right, Cockburner is kind of a skilled like I could I could make the argument that he could be a four man. Yeah. Okay. See, Although I can't go... take Sonogo, so that makes me sad. I could take Nunji. You could take Nunji. Or Wahab. You could. Or take Joel Nunji. Soriano. You could take all of them. Or Nick Ongenda. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I'm gonna get my pick in here. I'm I want a point guard uh, between two guys here. Ooh yeah. Yeah. Do they play for the same team? No. They do not, actually. I'm not sure who, which one you're thinking of. Um, I'm going to go I'm gonna go with my boy at Creighton. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think he's going to – he had a great freshman year, but I think he's still going to break out for a sophomore campaign. Yep. I'm going to go with Ryan Nemhard. I like that. I like then that pick a lot. For my next pick, I need to scroll through here because I want to find like a – I want to find a swing guy. Um – No, John did not pick Bayer, Baylor Shireman. Did not pick him. You know what? I'm just going to – you know what? I mentioned I was considering two point guards. I'm just going to go with the other one, Jared Bynum. We're going to have a two-point guard lineup. I like that. Okay. So, Jared Bynum at Providence. Um, I think he's going to have a good year there. Um, so, pair him up with uh, – pair him off with Ryan Nemhard for just a solid backcourt there. Speedy. It's a really nice three-guard attack that you've got. Yeah. So, solid team here. Um, Your turn. All right, I will take Zach Fremantle. I'm worried that he's not going to play very much because he might get suspended again, but hopefully he learned his lesson and he starts behaving. We are a behave podcast. Pro-behave yep. podcast, yes. Yep. Who do I have on my team now? I've I've lost track. You've got Kalkbrenner, Kadari Richmond, Cam Whitmore, Zach Fremantle. So I am just going size matters on this team, apparently. I'm huge. <laughs> All right. Let's see. I get one more pick, right? Yes. Okay. With my final pick, my very last pick, really the last pick I get in this draft, I will take... Oh, I have other guys on my list of all Big Easters. I think I will take Andre Jackson, the UConn small forward. I'm filling out a squad here. I like the way Andre Jackson fits on that team. He's going to be like an all Big East defensive guy. I think he might be the conference defensive player of the year candidate. He's going to average 10 points, six rebounds, four assists, just kind of a perfect fill-in-the-gaps type of player. I love that completing my all Big East team. All right. See, I got to round up my team here. I need I need to like, kind of like a stretch forward kind of guy, like a three who can like step out and shoot the threes, but like he technically plays the four on this team. Yep. Um, got a guy who is a newcomer to their team, not a newcomer to the conference though. David Jones. Oh. The Red Storm. The Red so Storm. Is there a better yes. is there a better uh, team name than the Red Storm? Is there a better color of a storm than red? No, that's terrifying. Okay, perfect. No, that rounds out our teams here. Now, let's see. We have a couple more things. Uh, freshman of the year and coach of the year. Who you got? I think I I'm know who you have for freshman of the year. One of those Villanova guys, either Whitmore or Mark Armstrong. Okay. I'm trying to think of another freshman. Just, I don't want to be boring here. Uh, who was the freshman of the year last year? No, I don't know. 
I legitimately don't remember. Was it the Georgetown kid? I'm going to guess they're not eligible this year. No, probably not. Yeah. It was probably the kid that went to... Well, it was probably one of those Creighton kids. Because they were all freshmen. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Arthur Kaluma. If we had a third team, Arthur Kaluma would probably have been on that. I, I had thought about him, too. I'd seen him when I was scrolling through. Tristan Newton, too. Good player. Um... Yeah, I'm just going to go with Mark Armstrong. I'm going to be boring here. Mark Armstrong's my guy. Nunji, Manny Bates, Posh Alexander. Who was freshman of the year? These aren't freshmen. I'm just thinking of guys that we could have drafted. There's some, some some dudes in this conference. Big East freshman of the year. What are the what are the betting favorites? Last year's was Nemhard. Nemhard. Yep. There we go. Can you name how many of the last five? And I already said Nemhard. But of the other four out of the last five, how many can you name? Can you give me two? Uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. That is one. Out of the remaining three, only one of them is still in the conference. Okay. One is still in the conference. Posh Alexander? Yep. Really? Nice. Can you get the other two? One of them has transferred everywhere since then. <laughs> transferred everywhere since then. Okay. Um, hmm. And the other is... Uh, I'm trying to create... like Book night? Nope. He hasn't transferred everywhere since. Or were you just saying go with the other one? Yeah, I was thinking he left, so I'm not sure. Um, this is someone who likes to, like, I'm not, I'm trying to think of, like, a riddle for this last name, but I can't come up with anything. <laughs> um, but no, the one who's transferred every, everywhere is James Akinjo. Oh, yeah, okay. And the one who, uh, I was trying to think of a grammar riddle is Omari Spellman. Oh, Spellman. Okay, yeah. Trying to think of something. He wasn't a true freshman. He was a redshirt freshman. But wow, yeah, that that would be five years ago. Jeez Louise. Time's a flying. All right, we just have Coach of the Year. Who you got for this? There are some really good coaches in this league. Yeah, there are. All of a sudden, I I love the Creighton coach. What's his name again? McDermott. Yep. Love McDermott. I love Ed Cooley. I think Shaka has is in a great spot. I did not love him at Texas, but I really like him at Marquette. If that makes sense. Yep. I do not love Patrick Ewing. Really good player though back in the day. Hell of a defensive center. Yeah, on the team that last won a conference conference game. Danny Hurley is uh, is an interesting character. I'm not sure if he's a great coach. I think he's a fine coach, but he's psycho, so he's kind of fun to watch. I've always liked Sean Miller. I've always liked Thad Mata. The team that I am irrationally high on this year is Seton Hall. I don't even know if I'm all that high on Shaheen Holloway. I did not know his name before, like, March 15th. But I will take him as my coach of the year. Shaheen Holloway. I think they get Seton Hall. I think Shaheen Holloway is riding a little bit of the St. Peter buzz. I think he parlays that into a coach of the year in the Big East. Okay. And then so I'm playing narrative see. angle a little bit here. Okay. Now, I normally go with a team who I think is you know, kind of rated low, 7, 8, 9 on the uh, preseason conference rankings, but then ends up making the tournament. But I'm going to do it differently this time. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go with the first-year head coach because I think sometimes first-year head coaches just get a little new lifeblood in there can uh, really revitalize a program. So I've got, you know, I can go with Butler, Thad Mata. You already picked Shaheen Holloway. Um, who's the other one? I can't remember. I'm just going with Thad Mata and Butler. I like it. The Bulldogs. Tournament team. That's the Big East preview. Oh, God. We're just so good on time now. Um, yeah, we're uh, gonna wrap this up. I know tomorrow morning, Bigs, we're gonna record the Big Ten preview. Um, so this one that we just got done is gonna go out Monday, 
Um, and then the next, the Big Ten will probably go out Thursday. Uh, so that's the next time you'll hear from us. So, uh, Biggs, I'll see you again early tomorrow morning. And for the rest of you, I'll see you Thursday. Bye.